Hey everyone, it's Pastor Steve, Grace Community. Um, great to be with you guys again. Hey, I wanted to follow up and talk about change again and how to change. And I want to follow up from my last podcast where we briefly um, used Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Do you remember? Not go back and listen to it. We're talking about not being conformed to the pattern of this world. And we said in the context of that, of the book of Romans, Paul was talking about both religious conformity, which is just kind of a legalistic um, way to try and uh, please God and please man. And uh, and then there's a kind of a world conformity uh, where you're squeezed into the pattern of the, the world's thinking and mindset. And both, both religious conformity and, and uh, secular conformity will just... Um, well, it won't transform you. He says, in view of God's mercies, I want you to be transformed. Um, and that's the key. That's the first step. God has added, uh, I want to talk just about the good that, that God has added and then us adding good as well. Those that is, um, that is, in essence, another way to talk about how you and I change. It's not so much worrying about the bad, as it is about just trying to add the good, uh, which is very freeing. And you do that, of course, the first step of you do that is you do that in view of God's mercies, as we said. So you fixate on the gospel. What Paul is saying is only the gospel can transform, only getting the gospel deep down in me, that God loves me, that God is with me, um, that he has added Christ to me. If I've believed into Christ and believed the good message and stood as a sinner in need of um, that person, Jesus Christ. So you live in view of that mercy, that I'm unconditionally accepted. And you go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 1, and he says, There's no condemnation, therefore, now for those who are in Christ Jesus, um, because um, he set me free from the law of sin and death. So God doesn't return that at all any point back on me, condemnation. I don't fall back into condemnation, okay? The blood of Christ was complete. Jesus uttered it. Uh, it is finished from the cross. We heard that, which means my work is complete, and the scriptures are now complete and fulfilled, um, that a new sacrifice, a new way to be right with God, apart from human effort and works and, and the sacrificial system, that Jesus would become the sacrifice, and it would become the sacrifice once for us. We would no longer have to be sacrificing or seeing him crucified over and over and over again uh, for sin. So you don't continue to ask God into your heart every time you sin. Sometimes little kids get confused with this, and I understand that. Or maybe even we, we've strayed, and we just feel like, I'm just going to go back and make sure it really stuck. Um, so Christ sacrificed once for all of us, and now we are justified by faith apart from the works of the law. And that is the beginning step of how we are transformed. So get it into your mind. You are justified, which means God looks at you differently now. He looks at you with the addition of Christ's righteousness on you. And you are beautiful to him despite your sin, despite your wandering. Okay, You are a child of his if you've become a believer. So you cling to that. And that's why we celebrate Easter. Like, it is finished. To Telestai, right? It is finished. It is complete. The work is done. We don't have to add to it anymore. So 
root that into yourself, no matter how you feel. Like, I am a child of God. Uh, and that is the good that God has added. God has done his part. He's added a lot of good, right? He's added redemption, which means he's paid for you with the blood of his son. You are his now. You've been bought with a price. Um, he's added the good of the Holy Spirit into your life. I will send another counselor to be with you forever, the Holy Spirit, and he'll lead you into all truth. If you're feeling convicted, if you want to get back on the path of living with God again, that's the, that's the Holy Spirit in you. God has added the good. God, God realizes he's got to begin to add good to us. Good overcomes evil. In fact, we're going to go to that passage next in Romans where he says, don't be overcome by evil, but, but overcome evil with good. Uh, there was a study done a while ago, long-term study on health, and what they determined was um, it wasn't so much the, the the bad things that people were eating that led to poor health. The body has an amazing ability to actually process out preservatives and sugars and um, even certain fats that we, we deem unhealthy. The, the, the body is an amazing machine, ability to repair itself and to generate new cells. The problem was people weren't adding the good. Long-term health was a result of just poor diet in the fact of you're not getting the right nutrients in you. Get the right nutrients in you and the inevitability of, of, of disease and breakdown and uh, poor eating uh, will 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 by and large, of course, this is a general principle, right? Repair itself. Um, so they they figure, you know, people need to get back to making sure every day you have two servings of vegetables. Are you eating your veggies? You know, steam the broccoli in a bowl in the microwave with a little bit of water. Uh, eat some raw celery. Uh, you know, if you like carrots. Just get the good and get a get one portion, which means one cup of fruit in a day and get a little bit of dairy and make sure you're eating some good protein, which probably wouldn't include deli meats, although they are delicious at times. <clears throat> like uh, Mike's or yeah, Jersey Mike subs. Can't get enough of Jersey Mike sometimes. Add the good. I have been following that practice for a while, since probably for two, three years. I just make sure I add the good, add the good. I get my eggs. I get my veggies at lunch. I eat my granola, homemade granola uh, at, at breakfast with my either almond milk or regular milk, and I add some fruit. I don't worry about dinner. I don't want to be that guy, right, who's invited to someone's place or whose wife works hard at a meal and... You know, I'm conscious about every little inch of fat on me or, oh no, I got to be some health nut. And then, you know, you're a, who wants to live with that guy or go to eat with that guy or girl, right? Who's made their body, um, rather than just a temple of the Holy Spirit, an idol to be worshiped and adored by others. Anyways, that's a side note. Let it fall where it will. If it's not you, let it fall by the wayside. If it's you, repent of it and uh, get back to you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Okay, but you add the good. That was the study. So there's a principle in that. And everywhere you look in scripture is that we are to flee from temptation, right? And then we are to do the good. We are to walk with the Holy Spirit. We are to love one another. We are to be devoted to one another. We talked about that last week. You know, a step, if you're going to really get the gospel back into you, start serving one another. That's where Paul goes in Romans 12 after he talks about not being conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That we're to be, 
we're to think of ourselves with sober, sober judgment, um, that we are not independent, that it's not just us and our parents or us and, and our best friend and our dog or our cat. Well, if you're millennial, you know, your dog's plural, just fine. I love dogs. Um, but you need the body of Christ. You need the body of Christ speaking to you. And you need, you need to serve the body of Christ. You need to let the body of Christ serve you. Okay. So you add the good, add the good. People think, oh, becoming a better person, overcoming the sin in my life or the temptations in my life or my waywardness is about trying hard not to do bad. No, it won't work. You're on the path to religious conformity, which won't feel transformative and you'll probably end in failure. Listen, whenever you fixate on something that kind of overcomes you, whether it's, you know, boy trouble, girl trouble, Whatever it is, you actually empower that by constantly thinking that you can't do it, you can't give in, I'm not going to do it, whether it could even be your temper, just your bad temper, your way of exploding with people. You're going to empower it by thinking about it. You set it aside, and again, you go back to the cross, hey, God loves me. He accepts me where I am, but it doesn't want to leave me there, because that's why he's come to save me. He's come to transform me, okay? Again, we said healthy people realize that there are good parts of them that they ought to celebrate and rejoice in, and there are bad parts of them, stuff that may even feel natural but still needs to be repented of, okay? Um, No one should have to just love you as you are, okay? Because there are parts of you that aren't good, aren't healthy, are hard to love, are destructive, are dysfunctional, lack boundaries, but then there are beautiful parts of you, right, that Christ still rejoices and sings over you, um, as Zephaniah says. Um, So... Um, but you're never going to get well by focusing on the bad. You really won't. You're to, you're, you're, to, you're to have enough discernment as a healthy person to know what's being destructive in your life and then cling to the good, add to the good, like the vegetables and the fruit, right? What's the next good thing I ought to be doing? How do I just add the good today? And this is why we talk about spiritual habits as Christians, right? That we do get ourselves up and we go to church, that we do listen to spiritual podcasts, that we do read. I mean, Christian reading for 2,000 years, Christians have realized who are literate the benefits of just 20 minutes in a book. I've got C.S. Lewis. I'm looking at Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. I kind of use it as a, as, a, as, a, as a text for me for just reading a paragraph because I'm going to add the good. I'm going to add good ways of thinking as a Christian uh, into my life, right? Don't become... a don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the emphasis, right? In the Bible, always be aware of the bad, but how do we overcome the bad? I add the good and God's added the good. You know, a great message of Easter again is one of the things that Easter teaches is not just that what Jesus said was true and it worked. He rose from the dead and conquered sin and death. And now we can, but God is ever present with us now forever. Jesus rose He's ever seated. He ever intercedes for us. He has sent the Holy Spirit. God is so close to you right now and loves you just where he finds you, okay? You're not under his wrath. Now you're just under his training, his his upbringing as, as this perfect. Think about what the most perfect dad in your life could be, and that is Jesus. And probably he's over that, okay? Um. And now he's ever with you and he's trying to raise you and guide you and love you and 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 transform you. Okay. Um, so, you know, we'll wrap it up here. 
But let me just read again um, this next little part in Romans. Um, right after the part where he talks about that where each one of us were part of one body and there and we just belong to one another okay and then we're, we're to go out and serve again that's that's a good thing to do oh i'm struggling with sin i want to get back on track with god i'm going to try hard not to do bad like i gossip at work or i i cheat or i whatever it is it's like hey just whew, cool the engines i'm covered how do I start adding good into my life? I won't, I'm not, listen, I'm, this is not heretical. Don't even worry about the bad right now. Seriously, if you're far from Christ, if you're far from God, just what's that maybe next good thing that you could do, that you could add? And you will find that it will displace so many bad affections that you have, okay? The Puritans used to talk about that. They talked about the expulsive, expulsive, and so to expel the expulsive power of a greater affection, you, you will all, you, you can only replace an affection if it's an inordinate affection, which is a, a harmful lust. It can only be overcome by a greater affection. The first great affection is Christ and what he's done for us. And then just Christ alone, apart from what he's done for us. And then all these other affections, which again, that's why Paul says these affections, he says, when you offer your body as a living sacrifice to God, it's an act of worship. See, worship is an affection. So getting up every day and saying, you died for me, you love me, you rose again, you're ever with me, I'm going to give you myself and I don't even know how to do that. And I don't think I can do that for very long, but I'm going to do it today anyways, because it's a reasonable, that's what it says here in the text, it's just it's the reasonable act of worship for all you've done for me. So the first good I do is just... I'm just going to offer myself back to you. I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but I'm at least going to say, I want to do it. And so here it is, right? And then I'm going to devote myself to other Christians around me. And then I'm going to read verse nine. Love must be sincere. Amazing when he, after he goes through offering ourselves to Christ, in the, in the context too of the body of Christ, part of offering yourself to Christ is being part of the body of Christ, right? Because that's where Christ resides in, in real fullness. He then goes on to love because love is the actual, actual outcome of the gospel. It is the purest form that you get the gospel is love. And as 1 Corinthians 13 says, it's the highest. I mean, just, you know, at the end of everything, the greatest of everything about my life is love. And so he goes on and he talks about love. Love must be sincere. Hate what's evil. Okay. And then he says, what do you say here? Cling to what is good. How do you? <laughs> so my love must be sincere. Must be real. Must be genuine. To hate what is evil. But it's not. Now try hard not to do evil. No. What is it? What does he say instead? You add the good. You cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love, verse 10. Honor one another above yourself. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. See the good I do? Don't worry about the bad. And, and, and there's the beauty of what, what I think Paul leads us to is just focus on love. What's the next loving thing I can do towards my brother, my roommate, my parents? Ooh, that might be hard, right? A sibling, ooh, that might be hard. It could be forgiveness, it could be a second, third, fourth chance. It could be 
serving them in some way, but just cling to the good now. Find the good out there. I think Dallas Willard says, you know, part of life is like just determining what's the next good thing I should be doing.